You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Kirk Sumner here, NSPS Radio Hour. Thanks for joining us today. We were just chatting with David before we came on air about still trying to get over the holiday doldrums. It's supposed to be the greatest time of the year, and sometimes we, our extended period of time sometimes. Uh, and I think the fact that the weekends hit, Lisa, I don't know if it, and by the way, Lisa Isom is my guest today. We'll be talking insurance, of course. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. I don't know if it felt like it to you guys, but to me, just the fact that the holidays were on weekends just sort of, I don't know, just seemed to make it more prolonged or something. Yeah, I, I agree. It seems like we've just, you know, actually been on a holiday of some sort since the end of October. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's very true. That's very, very true. Yeah. Well, I guess it's an appropriate day to be talking about insurance since you're getting snowed on out there in Denver and everybody better Yay. have their uh, automobile insurance paid up today. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. You know, when you're on accident alert, um, it's, uh, you, you better hope that you have your insurance um, in place. But, but, um, but yeah, the, the, um, the, the, the only thing that I can say about the holidays and, and the lack there of, uh, of vehicles is I think, um, you know, that's the good part is the traffic is a little bit better when um, the holidays are going on. Uh, you don't have so many people out there, but right. but it's always a problem when it's snowing. But Unless, but yes, unless you I have am, to be traveling during one of those heavy-duty days, either at Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, whatever, because there's usually a day or so in there where it gets pretty hectic, at least on the yeah. Interstate 81 that I drive up and down to go back and visit folks. But, yeah. um, I, you know, I, uh, I, was, I try to uh, avoid those those days, but oftentimes they'll hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they'll get you, that's for sure. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, I just got a, a sort of a broadcast kind of email this just a few minutes ago, and it's not exactly on our topic per se, but I just okay. found it interesting, and it, this is a report from FEMA, apparently. Uh-huh. And it says nearly 40% of all companies that experience a disaster close within a year of a, uh, close within a year of the incident. Yes, that is true. And, and, and you know, honestly, I mean, you know, naturally that's from FEMA, but um, the uh, statistics of the topic that we're talking about today, um, similar to a flood or something to that effect, um, uh, cyber liability uh, is one of the topics that we're going to be speaking of today as well. And um, the statistics there say 40% of all businesses that experience a cyber or um, cyber um, liability and or breach will close within the, the first six months afterwards, after the breach. And that's due to um, just loss of data or just interruption of the system or, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of reasons involved. But. Yeah. It's basically, let me speak here because I had that uh, for the latter part of our, our conversation, but this, this works. Um, um, it is actually two things. Okay, here we go. Um, basically, most businesses, um, so here uh, the statistical annual report cost of 
cyber attacks to small and medium-sized businesses are, are typically ranging in $200,000 um, as a cost, and this is a report of um, 2015. So 2016 will probably be even higher. Um, but in 2016 or 15, the average cost for a cyber breach and or um, data breach um, is averaging 200000 Now, um, as it indicates, this can range from everything from the loss of your data to uh, financial reporting that you have to do if, um, if client information um, um, has been hacked. Um, so you have have a three-year reporting basis, so that is extremely costly, as well as any type of privacy damages that you're going to incur. Um, most businesses, it's, it basic, I'm reading it right out of the report, most small businesses don't have the kind of money lying around, and as a result, nearly 60%, I'm sorry, um, 60%, not 40, um, of the small business businesses that are victim, victimized by a cyber attack close permanently within six months of the attack. And when, when they're talking about a cyber attack like that, and, and I guess all of us from time to time get hit with some sort of uh, inappropriate mail, uh, email, and not inappropriate mm-hmm. in, the, in the really bad sense, but just, just some kind of a, uh, it's not a hack, I don't guess exactly. So... Where does your root come from? I mean, just if people happen to click on the click on the wrong thing, or are these the kind of attacks where people worm their way into your system and start mining your data, or is it just well, sort of a, any of those things? From a phishing phishing pers- perspective, so let me flip my my reports over here. Um, from a from I guess from a cyber, the best way to say it for a cyber liability or cyber risk. There are so many different variables, um, so it depends on really the profession. So, in our situation, and I, you know, just sticking um, with with respects to our our professional um, uh, uh, our professions geared to land surveying and or small businesses. One is um, um, the high profile cyber attacks that you hear about, you know, with respect to, you know, Target or Sears or some of those, they have a lot of different firewalls and et cetera to prevent people from, from hacking into their systems um, from an internet security perspective. But with respect to the cyber liability um, pertaining to the small to medium sized companies, which most all of us are, um, you don't have as, as um, preventable cyber internet safety, okay? So the first thing that people think of is your own computers, just exactly what you were just saying, okay? But this goes much further than that. So cyber liability is a very broad spectrum of coverages um, that and or data breaches that happen. So, and they are typically most um, insurance policies from a general liability perspective excluded. So both a business and personal will typically exclude uh, any type of data breach or privacy breach 
the hacking, the, the you know, the disaster from hacking of the business and or personal information, um, et cetera. But this can go into, you know, as the technology increases, um, so does the exposure. So, you know, today with respects to cyber liability, both from a computer perspective, but our smartphones, our laptops, um, um, anything from a electronic um, perspective that whether that is your client information, whether that is your personal employee information, because if they get into your email, if they break into your through your firewall or your security virus um, software, they can they can actually access anything on your computer, anything. So whether that is your banking information, whether that's your your HIPAA information that is protected by law um, of your employees, so social security, driver's information, um, et cetera. So it, it, it's actually, honestly, snowballing um, from five years ago. It's snowballing because of our technology and or requirements. And so that's one aspect. But then you get into... Actually, the other uh, piece that we were going to um, speak on today was, you know, drone insurance, and then the 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 media or the data or the privacy of the drone um, that is also picked up under cyber liability. So there's so, a lot of different, I guess, fingers or arms where uh, the profession of land surveying and or you know. Um, engineering um, opens you up even further for li um, cyber liability, unlike some of the other professions. So, so what, kind of, what kind of spot does that put you in if somebody comes in and just mines through your information? And, and like if here, somebody were to get into my computer and that into our system, then could they get to everybody else in our system, I guess? Yes. They can get it to anyone else in your system. And and not only that, into your 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 privacy of those pieces. So you know you have the liability piece alone of the damage and the business interruption due to that, or the data maybe they put in a virus and it crashes your system. So you have that piece, but then you have the the privacy piece piece, which by law, if anyone gets in and say for example you take you sell books or you take membership by credit card. You you then have mined that information into your your system. So from your perspective, they you know you may have um, personal information in there, whether it's social security number, whether it is credit card information, whether it's billing addresses, whether it's driver's information, as an example, anything like that that's personal, then you have a, you as a business would have a due diligence to say, okay, number one, you have to notify anyone that you're aware of that you could possibly have had a breach, okay? Number two, then once you notify all of those people, you are then to monitor for three years 
all credit reporting bureaus to make sure they have not been compromised. Okay? That you say monitor itself, for three years? Is that what you said? For three years, yes. Wow. Um, so that in itself is basically where a lot of the cost comes into play because you can only imagine how, how um, you know, that's just monitoring it. If someone has been breached and they track that back to, you know, as an example, like with Target, it was um, there was um, 40 million customers that were breached with their personal information, um, and that that breach alone, when everything was thrown into play um, to research it, to track it, to monitor it for the next three years, um, was 70 million dollars wow. in a loss. We're about ready to take our break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about that on the notification side and then coverage availability and that kind of thing. So let's go to break. We'll be right back. Attention surveyors. Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Got a Seanstead locator you're no longer using? Want to help a young surveying student? Donate it to an NSPS-recognized surveyor education program by shipping it, at no cost to you, to Seanstead. The factory will refurbish it to like new condition and send it on to a deserving institution. Pass your locator down the line and build on your surveyor legacy. Go to www.seanstead.com slash NSPS for details. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Lisa, when we, when we went to break, we were talking about the, the different ways of of cyber breaking, and during the break you were talking about things that, that you wouldn't normally think about. I mean, I guess if you stopped and thought about it, you would. But, I mean, you, know, you take an organization like us or or any business for that matter. I mean, pretty much everybody's on social media of some kind these days with Facebook posts and all those kind of things. And you mentioned the whole copyright thing. I'm not sure people think about that necessarily when they're posting or passing along something. I mean, I guess it could be that if somebody sent you something that was some sort of a, an infringement and you posted it, then you could still be liable as well as the person who sent it the first time, I guess. Is that, is that true? Right. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the things that happen um, from a copyright or trademark infringement is oftentimes on people's websites um, where, you know, they want to have pretty pictures and advertise what they're doing and so on and so forth, and they think that they can go out and just 
you know, right-click and copy the image and put it up on their website, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, that could very well be a copyright infringement, okay? So maybe, you know, maybe it's an equipment dealer, you know, not to say that that's what it is, but maybe it's an equipment dealer and you haven't got a sign-off for you to put their information on your website, okay? That is a trademark or um, a copyright uh, infringement. If someone comes up and says, like, hey, you know, Kurt, you didn't have the right to pe- post this or that on your website, and we're going to, you know, fine you, you know, $2,500 or $5,000. I've seen it up to $10,000. Um, you know, it could very well be um, that would be covered under the cyber liability or social media. So, as we were saying on um, break, there are so many different facets of cyber liability that that it, it, it's you know as I said, it's just growing and growing. That coverage would apply where you may not ever even contemplate it. So, as an example, there's a piece is called social media. There's pieces that's called personal infringement. There's personal privacy, um, personal um, injury perspective. Um, there, and then you get into the hacking and the, the normal stuff that you would contemplate, okay? Um, the data breach, the discovery of that, the reporting um, uh, coverage that you're going to have to report back, etc. But as the technology becomes more and more increasingly important to all of our businesses, you know, truly the value of a, a really strong liability, um, cyber liability policy, um, will be the only way to continue to use these mechanisms um, and, and protect yourself from a business perspective. Um, small and medium companies are more so the target for these types of hacking and and or claims that's developing because reality is we're probably the le- the uh, the um, uh, least prepared or protected because we really don't we think this is going to happen to everybody else but us you know yeah. and yeah. and then at the same time as um, you know this informational process is is continuing to become more and more electronic. As an example, you know um, January first, I believe, um, Georgia um, has now taken on everything has to be e-filed. So there is another exposure. So as your your information is being trans- transferred electronically rather than going in in, in um, um, filing it in paper as we have done in the past, that transfer of data electronically is resulting in more and more and more uh, potential exposures that's going to be facing all of us as we go forward. Um, so, so in that case where you are required to file something cyber, whether it's in the case of a survey, if you have to file a plat, or you have to file information or whatever, and and you're doing that as a, as a requirement of maybe an approval or an acceptance or whatever the case may be that's imposed on you by somebody else. Right. But then somebody somebody gets into your system because of that. 
I guess you're still liable. You are. You are still liable. And not only not only that, let's just say, for example, you know, some of this information is stored on, on a laptop. And I'm just assuming maybe you have ABC company that you've done all your work for, your survey work on. It's on a laptop. That laptop's stolen, okay? Or, or maybe you don't have a um, encrypting software program on your computer when it goes out, okay, or um, um, to where personal information, the name and address of your client, um, their personal information, maybe federal ID numbers, maybe it's a sole proprietor, it's an individual, so you have their social security number, bingo, you've just breached their personal information that, that as soon as that laptop is is stolen and or uh, a breach on that laptop has been hacked, you instantly compromised your personal data of any of your clients, okay? Um, maybe as an example, um, uh, you know, not necessarily your, your um, clients, but maybe on that same personal uh, laptop um, you have pictures or postings that may not be appropriate for everyone. Once someone gets in there and hacks something, they can get into any of that data. So if they shot out an email to all of your customers and our clients or, or anyone in your address book that had a photo of something, maybe even your wife, maybe your, you know, your daughter or whatever, they can then attach it just to get anyone's attention. Okay, and they attach something out of the blue. That social media has just hit everyone. Okay, if it's something of a minor, you are really in trouble. <laughs> You're really in trouble. So, you know, number one, those laptops. Certainly, knowing that you need to have all of that information encrypted, and and basically informing or training your employees of what not to have on laptops, okay? Um, so, or on your desktop. Um, it's it, People, I know I even say it in my own operation, but how many empl employees really truly understand it? So, so uh, when I say this is a person, this is a business use computer, you know, I don't want personal pictures on there. I don't want personal um, things that you might pull up or your Facebook information and so on and so forth because it is a business piece of equipment. That is really the reason for it. Most employees simply think, well, they're just being, you know, stingy with their, their computers. No, it's protecting not only you as a business owner, but it's protecting that personal um, side to prevent anything getting out into cyberspace that is not wanting to be out there, that you don't want to have out there. And in, in a matter, you know, with our technology and the social media that we're working with, in a matter of, of seconds, it can hit thousands or millions of people. So to say, oops, later, it's too late. Um, it's it's gone, 
And so one of the things that, that if we can walk away today with anything is, you know, cyber liability is basically a no-brainer. You've got to maintain a policy. You've got to make sure that, that, that if you're handling any client or customer information, you really must have a cyber liability policy in place to protect you personally as well as business. And this is a this is a a twofold coverage. Um, this is I'm talking today about business, but this is the same exposure for you personally as well. That was the next question I was going to ask you. <laughs> is, yes. Is, now, if it, when you say personally. Um, would that apply in in business? If, like, for instance, if somebody at the office something happened, then it was a, a personal kind of transfer of information. But it went through our system. That would still come back to the business. But the personal would be like on your home computers and that kind of thing. Am I understanding that correctly? Or yes, just all kind computers of- and basically home computers and or home insurance policy. Um, you know, there's some of those um, those those policies out there that you'll hear on the radio or TV that, that basically says, you know, for nine ninety nine or whatever, I can put a watch on your credit cards and, you know, looking for fraud. This is a little bit further. Um, you know, you, you it is an endorsement that you must ask for for a homeowner's policy, um, but any type of um, uh, social media breaches or coverages or personal coverages, where it comes into play personally is your, your typically your home computers and or your smartphones to where um, items are, are published or posted um, that you don't have permission to do, and um, they are humongous that's coming back um, with respect to claims. Um, Oftentimes it might be out of fun. You know, someone takes a photo of someone and posts it on the computer. Um, it's gone to everybody and their brother in a chat room, and it comes back in, and mom and dad didn't appreciate that posting of maybe their daughter. Um, and you are typically not ever even in a courtroom because you've, you've settled for out of courtroom. Uh, for a, a very large amount, um, because it, once they realize that it's hit, it's gone. <laughs> um, right. It's gone, and most homes don't have um, a lot of virus. They have viruses for email viruses, as an example. They don't have um, firewalls and, and such set up to restrict that, and certainly. On teenagers, um, as an example, cell phones have not been streamlined enough to where they've prevented any type of exposures. And, and, and thirdly, a lot of conversations never take place with their children to say, you better, you, know, you better not ever post this or this or this, or explain to them what the penalties are or the fines are for you um, posting something on an internet or posting something on a chat room. Um, uh, We're about 10, is a 10 seconds away from break, Lisa, so when we come okay. back, I want to talk about availability for this type of insurance, and then we'll get into the okay. drone side. Attention surveyors. 
Are you aware that that yellow stick you're using is saving lives all over the world? Yes, that pin finder is clearing fields and villages of unexploded cluster bombs and other hidden explosives in over 25 countries. Seanstead, in cooperation with international mine action programs, provides free locators to where they are most urgently needed. To find out how you can help, visit the NSPS website at nsps.us.com. And thank you. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Lisa, as we were talking about during the break, it's amazing how topics begin to expand as you keep talking about them and and more ideas and more questions come into your head or into my head and more thoughts in, into yours. And But one of the things, I mean, obviously we're, we're talking to our professionals, but all the information about the personal side is just as important because, and, and in a lot of cases, kind of the personal and the business all come together if you're a sole proprietor and, you know, working in those kind of situations. But what's what's the availability out there? I mean, is it is it something that is available to surveyors and design professionals easily, or how, how does yes, that all work? Yes, it is. It's, it's um you know, a few years back it wasn't, but like everything else, as the insurance carriers um, start to see some of the, the, these un, unpaid claims, uh, we try to fix, you know, where those claims um, are hitting and how to, and, you know, find um, afford coverage for that. So uh, cyber liability policies are extremely available. Um, they are ones that, that vary, um, you know, so you're going to have the, lesser policy like a Volkswagen, if you will, and then a Cadillac cyber liability policy that will be more encompassing. Um, that's what I would refer um, uh, to our, our members on is to go for that more encompassing one um, because then you can sometimes get an overlap into your personal life as well. So um, what I would recommend, and they're not um, – Expensive. They're not majorly expensive um, as well. So it is very affordable. Um, it's certainly one that I would suggest um, that you know do a do a cyber liability um, checkup. 
if you will. If you if you don't know that you have exposures, contact somebody, um, us preferably, but um, contact someone to say, you know, I really need to know what type of exposures do I have. And then you can make the informed decision as to what you want to ensure. Do you have um, um, items set up? And then there's, you know, ways to prevent cyber hacks and and find out some of those those things to help you prevent your your information. You don't want to have a claim and then find out it's not covered under your general liability policy or a package policy that you may have $2,000 and it's not really going to do much for you. It's the only thing that's on there for is to kind of get your attention that you need it and you need the coverage and um, and basically to protect the E&O side from an agent um, that they haven't offered you anything. So, right. you know, at the end of yeah. the day, you really need to take, you know, an hour and, and find out where your exposures are and, and try to protect them. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to get into the claim and then find just because you're insured is one thing, but it's the time-consuming piece that goes into a small business or middle medium-sized business owner um, when you do have a data breach or you have a hacker or you have a virus or um, all of those things, those are extremely costly to you as a business owner as well. So if you can do some of that preventive um, um, side, that will only help you in the long run. And it also lessens your, your premium cost cost as well um, with yeah, those type of securities. I, I don't want to disparage uh, your local insurance agent in any way because we all deal with our local insurance agents, whether it's home or homeowners or whatever the case may, may be. What's the likelihood that that person down the street in my small town has all the information I, that I need to know? Uh, I guess they can get it if I ask the question, but I, I was just curious. I don't know how how in depth folks who are just kind of selling insurance in my small town get into these kind of things, and maybe that's not well, an answer you know either. But yeah, I, I I would have to say that you know if you if you pose the question to them, they would then be able to go out and find you know the coverage or find information for you know to to push back to you um, to provide you that information. From a personal perspective, it's not as difficult as it is from a business perspective. Oh, so, right, okay. um, but uh, even you know, I'm, and let's say I had my business with the local guy, then yeah, that, that was where I was thinking. Side is is a huge is a big difference. It's 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 very similar to talking. You know, I just had a a, a client last week, a new perspective client, called me from. Um, uh, one of the states last week, and we chatted for a very long time, and it's really no different than it would be to talk to your local, um, you know, your local insurance agent that really doesn't specialize in the land surveying industry um, of of what your equipment is. You know, so many of them that can they insure you? Of course they can, but are you insured at you know accurately? Probably not in in a lot of cases because they don't really know what you're doing and they and this could be one that you know is a best buddy of yours 
you know, they know what you do, kind of. They've heard you talk about it, kind of, but they don't understand the, the full gamut of um, the equipment and maybe even the equipment value. And if, you know, a piece of equipment falls over on a, on a concrete roadway, you know, the severity, it looks fine. It, it must be working okay. Well, maybe it's not calibrating. They're not going to know that. Okay, so the same thing applies here is they may not know um, that people are transmitting anything electronic. You know, they may not know all of those pieces. And I, what I would tell you, 99% of the people don't know that. Um, and I would say that, you know, with a lot of confidence. <laughs> so it is important that when you are talking about the cyber liability exposures, and, and any of your insurance for that matter, um, that you are talking to someone that understands your profession. And that's both from the agency as well as the carriers, um, that they understand your professions as well. Um, um, so, you know, that's what I would, I would say about, about that part. Um, so so um, did you have any other specifics, Kurt, on uh, the cyber? No, not really. I, as a matter of fact, I, I, I never envisioned that we would spend almost three-quarters of the show talking about this topic. But as we got into it further, it's just so important um, that that I wanted to keep it going to, to get as much information out to folks as, as possible and and let them understand what the, the issues are and, and um, be sure that they be sure that they they know what they're covered for. I guess right. is the most right. most important thing. Right. So. Well, you know, you know, where where GL policies, general liability policies, your typical business policy or your commercial property policies, you know, they're they're covering tangible, you know, pol um, property. Okay, none of those policies typically will provide the loss of your data. Um, unless they have a small little piece or you've asked for an endorsement to be added on it. So keep in mind this is what we're talking about and oftentimes in, um, in, a, in a surveying operation and or civil engineering operation, you're dealing with so many intangible items, you know, the intangible data that you're dealing with. So, that information needs to be secured and, um, and and just protected from a liability perspective. So, so if you have questions on it, let me know. And I will. Um, um, I think you know most of you guys. I know that I've gotten a lot of feedback on. Uh, I sent out um, a a flyer on um, you know a New Year's resolution, if you will, of looking at your um, coverages as the year is starting over, and one of those items on there is your cyber um, exposure and, and drone coverage um, because our industry is changing a lot. And, and the personal and the business certainly is overlapping on these two coverages um, alone um, for sure. So yeah, I was thinking we've got a couple minutes left before the last break, but I was Thinking maybe we could just devote that last section to to the drones, and maybe yep. we get it all covered, and maybe we do it next time around. I don't know, but mm -hmm. nonetheless, maybe at least I, we can get started on it. How's that? Yeah, and <laughs> and by the way, anybody listening uh, who 
doesn't know how to reach you, obviously we have a link to you on our website. Um, but they can just reach you, I guess, is, is the best thing through through your website. Yes, or the, telephone? you know, um, you can either um, reach us on our direct website. Um, naturally, we are the uh, NSPS insurance agency and uh, providing uh, the program for all of the NSPS members. So um, our website is www.arm-i.com. Um, but yeah, you, they can go to your link and then link back to us as well. Right. Yeah, I think we have an icon. I think it's on the home on the front page of the website. I, I don't hardly ever look at the front page of the website because I'm always doing other things. <laughs> so, but I know we have a link on there under the under the program itself. And uh, so the other the other topic we want to talk about today, and and we got another couple of minutes maybe in this segment. Um, but you wanted to cover more about the drones and the UAV protection. That seems to be becoming ubiquitous in our in our business today almost everybody is either has one or wants one right and um, you know one of the things um, that has come up so many times um, with and, and certainly over the past six months is the risk um, of the exposures within the business for the um, uh, for having a drone um, for one and two um, to make sure that um, everyone naturally is aware that, yes, everybody wants one, but before you can actually go and put it to use um, about having um, the, the proper uh, certificates in place for the airman, the pilot, the, um, the operation thereof. Um, but as, you know, as this has become more and more um, uh, uh, upfront and um, and focus, focus point on the surveying industry, so does the regulators and so does the insurance carriers have this in their vision as well. So they're, they're all kind of scrambling to keep pace with the growth of the drone usage. And uh, the FFA at this point in time, um, we were talking about statistics a little bit ago, um, the FFA at this point says um, that they're expecting usage of 7,500 or more drones uh, to be operating commercially um, uh, by the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018. So um, naturally, that's a, a, a huge growth um, for this sector. And so yeah. um, with well, it's that... It's time for um, us to go to our last break, Lisa. So let's I, do that. I want to come back and we'll follow up on this in our last segment. Okay. Attention surveyors. Are you aware that that yellow stick you're using is saving lives all over the world? Yes, that pin finder is clearing fields and villages of unexploded cluster bombs and other hidden explosives in over 25 countries. Johnstead, in cooperation with international mine action programs, provides free locators to where they are most urgently needed. To find out how you can help, visit the NSPS website at nsps.us.com. And thank you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes. 
is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for QuickStakes today. Got a Seanstead locator you're no longer using? Want to help a young surveying student? Donate it to an NSPS-recognized surveyor education program by shipping it, at no cost to you, to Seanstead. The factory will refurbish it to like new condition and send it on to a deserving institution. Pass your locator down the line and build on your surveyor legacy. Go to www.seanstead.com slash NSPS for details. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So our uh, audience doesn't get disheartened, Lisa. Uh, this yeah. is the at least the second time we've attempted to spend more time on drones and gotten sidetracked on other things. And, and that's not to say those other things aren't important, because the cyber certainly is important. Um, but whatever we can cover in this segment, we will. But we'll come back sometime in the very near future and follow up on on the drones and maybe just do, donate a whole show to that or something. Yeah. Um, well, as we, we were um, speaking, you know, it's it's amazing to see how, the exposures for the drones are certainly changing. Um, every time I pull information on it, it's it's changing a little bit more and a little bit more. And you know, they it certainly re, um, represents a, a significant new threat to to some of our businesses. And um, you know, it's certainly important to spend some time on it to to make sure people do understand and um, before a situation happens, a claim happens, that they uh, need to make sure that they have a, the correct insurance in place in order to, to take care of this. And you know, the good part, the good part is, is as the the drone coverage enhance, um, increases, insurance carriers are kind of keeping up with it to where there are a handful that can add uh, drone coverage to their existing policy. May not be as broad as we need, and it certainly typically will exclude any type of personal injury, but um, um, our privacy in, um, um, privacy um, 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 exclusion is on most of the GL policies when they add those endorsements on. So there, there, there are um, coverages out there for the drone and to cover both um, the drone themselves as well as their um, payload and um, the liability that they incur from it. So rather, um, whether that is falling from the sky um, um, and causing injury on the ground or um, the payload has been um, demolished and the, the plane itself um, is maybe still okay, but the equipment on it is um, destroyed. You want to make sure that you have the right coverage in place. And there are some coverages out there now that um, it is a true aviation policy, um, which most people aren't aware of. Um, when, um, when you leave the ground, it's becoming um, an a, uh, aviation policy, so it would cover the GL 
uh, the equipment on board as well as the uh, aircraft itself. Um, but as I was saying earlier, this is certainly pertaining to both business as well as personal. So, um, you know, naturally from a weight limit, um, uh, the, um, the weight between a, a, right over a half a pound to 55 pounds must be registered online. And, um, you know, so if you get in even to a personal perspective, you're going to get into some of those drones that you're using just to play um, that are weighing more than a half a pound. You're going to need to register, register those um, and make sure that they have been um, um, uh, shown under the registration in order to be using those even on a personal standpoint. Um, so, you know, some of the, th the threats along the way, again, encompasses um, that cyber liability that we were just talking about, our cyber security and privacy um, will also dovetail over to these drones that we're um, speaking of as well. Um, on, on the privacy side, um, uh -huh. is there is there instances of, of where that is a problem? I know when this thing first came out, there was a big uproar over um, uh, the, the whole privacy side, and, and in the very beginning, restrictions were seem to be really, really tight. I don't know how much that has changed or not, but it's, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, I don't know, I was just curious, even now in this stage that we're in, kind of just getting into this, are there, are there beginning to be cases where, where that has been an issue? Yes, um, there's actually um, a case back, I think it was around September, that um, uh, there was like $75,000 um, uh, uh, fine or settlement that was um, offered because of a drone um, flying in the neighborhood and in the backyard um, is a pool. Daughter was um, lying um, out nude, and they had a smartphone um, capability of, of a camera on the drone. Um, took the, the photo, it actually fortunately did not even hit social media, but um, discovered that this person had invaded their privacy. And um, uh, basically the, the uh, parents um, on their homeowner's policy was um, uh, assessed um, the, the um, settlement. And so those are happening. Um, there's the, the cases of, you know, watching and, and the requirements now that, you know, if it's um, a, uh, between a certain weight, you have to have vi visual contact with the drone at all times. Uh, the privacy um, uh, represents one of the largest exposures regarding the drones right now. Um, and I could so see in, in the case of, a, of somebody doing surveying type work or gathering data for a survey uh, with a drone, where you're out there and almost unintentionally you may pick up not that kind of thing exactly, but something that you, you doesn't need to be part of your data set, right. but I, the liability still exists. I, I just don't know when does that manifest itself. When, I mean, I guess if somebody sees a problem or if you're out broadcasting or, or whatever, um, but when they as far as wrong. limits of where you can be, are right. those set exactly? Well, they're not. They're they're changing. They're, it's a moving target, and I think that's the key. Is 
they, um, they, you know, today's printouts that I just um, pulled yesterday are different than that than what I pulled in March. So they are changing as we speak of of what they are. So where when does that manifest? It's when it's like everything else. Um, when uh, when there's you know someone that comes forward, it's a new buzzword. Okay, um, and I'm going to kind of speak out like Elise Isom here instead of an insurance agent. But it's the new buzzword, and it, when you see someone that you know has a a drone flying in and looking in people's windows and 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 you know just a passerbyer you know sees a drone, it, it just listen to the people's conversations. Well, where does that? Who's who's operating that? Where's that coming from? What are they looking for? Wonder if they have a camera on it. Blah 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 blah. So then, all they need is an attorney <laughs> at that point, and they've they then the suits start to happen, and that's exactly what's happening here. Is you know, there's a lot of businesses are using Wi-Fi for their networks, their computers, their their printers, their their um, um, you know smartphones, their cameras on it. They you know can shoot it back and and for fun, you know, it comes back to their smartphones um, with even advanced cameras. And so all of those things are then coming back. So then, as you can imagine, the cybersecurity then pops in to where anything that's coming through a wireless can be penetrated. Anything that's coming through your cell phone can be penetrated. So what have you picked up and... You know, even the business owner may not have any idea that their employee has just um, uh, come across something that they may, you know, may not sh should have seen. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't have seen what they they have, and everybody thinks it's funny. Well, it's not really funny. So it kind of goes back to um, education from the business owner to their employees. Of if you come across this X Y Z, you need to to um, you know uh, delete it, take care of it, get rid of it. You know, don't pass it along, so on and so forth. Um, as well as from a personal perspective, communication back to um, you know kids, husbands, wife, you know whatever that. Um, uh, you're not permitted to get this information, even though you think it's cool. It's, it's, you know, there, there's problems that come along with that. Um, so I, you know, it really kind of goes back to that over communication again. Um, like everything else that we do, is to communicate it rather than um, thinking everybody else knows about it. Um, um, you know, as far as one of the the federal penalties that is now posted this this go around, rather than it even in March, it says um, uh, the uh, manned aircraft any attempt to damage or destroy one can result in federal penalties of up to 20 years in prison and 25,000 in fines. Wow! This is coming um, about because one of the pieces I get very regularly is if they don't know who's got the drone, they are shooting the drone out of the sky. And I know everybody's going, ha, 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 that's so funny. 
because are, are you kidding me? Well, that's what's happening is, is from a business perspective, if they don't have a clue who's using it and you have someone that's curious about this drone and they haven't pr given you permission to fly over their, their house or in their, their neighborhood or whatever, they're destroying these, these drones. And even from a personal standpoint, and um, what people have to understand is this, th these drones are following the same regulations from FAA as a plane would, and so any, uh, you know, commercial passenger plane. So when someone's destroying it and think that it, you know, I'll take care of it, I'll just, you know, blow it out of the sky or whatever, they are um, setting themselves up for federal pe um, penalties as well. If you can, you know, prove that 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 person did that. Well, that so, makes a real good, real good tease for us to come back in the next few weeks and and do a show on this whole thing here because we're less than a minute away now from being done for the day. But um, that I do want to follow up on that because uh, I mean, obviously, the cyber was important and, and we needed to cover it, but. With so many other people getting into the whole drone business now, uh, or thinking about it, it's it's good for them to be able to focus on these kind of things. So we'll have to check your schedule and get you back on here pretty soon and and follow up on this. Well, let's do that. And before we run, um, the one thing I would tell everyone is your drone equipment is not covered under your equipment floater currently. So. You've got to make sure if you have a drone and you have the, the equipment on it, make sure that you have the aviation policy that's covering it when it leaves the ground. Um, that's a good thing to end on. That'll, that's a good tease for next time. So thanks for being with me today. Lisa, it's been great. We'll talk soon. All right, great. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Got a chance to 